Welcome to Prep Talk, the emergency management podcast. Find out what you need to know about preparedness, get all the latest tips from experts in the field, and learn what to do before the next disaster strikes. From the emergency management department in the city that never sleeps, here are your hosts. Hello, everyone. Thank you for listening. I'm Ines Bebea. And I'm Allison Panisi. And you are our listeners. And as always, we thank you for joining us. We want you to come back as often as you can, so feel free to listen to Prep Talk on your favorite podcast provider. You can also follow us on social media on our Twitter at NYC Emergency MGT, Facebook, Instagram, LinkedIn, and much more. In this episode, we will be sharing the importance of exercises in emergency management. That's right. This is not a discussion about fitness, but rather how and why it's important for everyone to take the time to practice their emergency plans, whether you are an individual, a household, or an organization. So here to discuss exercising emergency plans is New York City Emergency Management's Director of Exercises, Paula Carlson. Paula, welcome to Prep Talk. Thank you so much. So tell our listeners about your role at New York City Emergency Management and the types of exercises your team conducts. Again, thank you both so much. Uh, yeah, most people hear the word exercises and they think we're talking about cardio or lifting weights. Exercises or drills, or some are more familiar with that term, are a way to help the city with preparedness efforts. How? Exercises help us evaluate plans while using simulated responses, also known as a scenario, to prepare for incidents and events. Exercises can be broken down into two main categories. We have discussion-based, which are tabletop exercises, they're your seminars, and also operations-based, our boots-on-the-ground drills. And um, so those are our full-scale exercises. Um, we exercise our plans to identify gaps, capabilities, and also to um, look at our best practices. Finally, the most important step is to make sure we follow up on those recommendations to improve identified gaps or we continued with our best practices. And my team uh, helps to conduct, evaluate, and we also design exercises, not just for our own agency, but with our agency partners and other organizations. And we also participate in our other uh, agency exercises as well. How often does the city exercise its emergency scenarios? Can you share what the process looks like? For example, why certain exercises are planned and others are not? And how long does it take to plan and execute an exercise? Of course, uh, the city does have a lot of plans to exercise, but we also need to take into account uh, considerations such as risks, threats, seasonal challenges, and also all of the planned events that the city hosts. So we meet annually with our agency partners and we review which plans need to be exercised, and we also review current or new threats or hazards. A big lesson that we learned 20 years ago is that we don't want to have a failure of imagination. And what that means is asking ourselves the question, what aren't we considering? We also look at real world events that happen elsewhere and run those scenarios based on those incidents. And typically our agency runs about 50 exercises a year. Discussion-based exercises can take anywhere from one to three months to plan. And more complex exercises, those boots on the ground or those operations-based exercises can take at least a year to plan because they require a lot of logistical considerations and planning. So no failure of the imagination. I love that. As you were saying, in emergency management, sharing what we've learned with others is paramount. And your team also hosts a regional quarterly exercise working group to share best practices and offer resources to our agency partners where possible. So tell us a little bit more about that and why it's important. 
Yes, the, the exercise working group was created out of that need to not only share our exercise best practices and experiences, so we also have transparency in what we're exercising and helping our exercise partners with resources such as evaluators, controllers, and other exercise support. And this, this group has grown to, to a very large, uh, substantial group that we're very proud of over the past couple of years. And we're all exercise design personnel from city, state, and federal partners, and also a private organization partners as well. Many agencies and organizations have the same needs or requirements, so we can work together and create exercises that benefit the many without stressing our exercise resources or the ability to put together a strong and beneficial exercise. And I've actually served as both a participant and also as an evaluator for a lot of the exercises that your team has hosted. And we have a lot of fun with it, too. And one of the things that I've heard, you know, everyone say, especially if they work in exercises, is do not fight the scenario because, you know, you don't know if those circumstances are what you will be facing when this emergency does happen. So thank you for that. Can you give us an example of an exercise that changed how the city then responded to that emergency? Like lessons learned that you actually saw this change needs to happen. So the next time the emergency happens, we can add this to it. Absolutely. And that's the reason why we do these exercises is we want to, we always say a good exercise is when something goes wrong uh, because we learn from that so we can fix it for the real world response. So yes, we have. The goal of any exercise, like I said, is to find that gap. And um, we want to find those gaps during these exercises as opposed to in the actual event. A couple years ago, we hosted a Houses of Worship workshop, which brought together staff and um, many of our Houses of Worship, interfaith organizations, and the Fire Department Fire Safety Unit. And what we did is we shared and discussed current fire and emergency safety plans, considerations that really provided a platform for our faith-based cultural heritage institutions so we can share knowledge on their different emergency preparedness plans, raise awareness regarding protection of the, the different cultural heritage, and really just there's so much culture, community culture, and importance in these institutions that we wanted to make sure that you know they are prepared for incidents such as these. So from this workshop, many best practices were shared on how to prepare, preserve, and recover from fires and other emergencies. And the fire department also updated and recirculated some of their procedures agency-wide based on this discussion. So it was really a great opportunity for the institutions to share what they house in their houses, what their preparedness plans were, how they are preparing, and really to learn from each other on how to take these steps um, and also work with the fire department. And this happened because of the Notre Dame Cathedral fire. So we were prompted to host this because of a real world event. And also we do run coastal storm exercises. We run a lot of them. And one time during a real coastal storm event, it was two o'clock in the morning, someone came up to me and said, this feels like one of your exercises. So I took that as a positive and I was really, you know, that was a great compliment for my team because we put together, we want to keep the exercise as real as possible so people don't fight the scenario, but we're giving them a very proactive and productive exercise experience. Can you share, like, at the moment of an exercise, if you see that something isn't working, how quickly can you adapt and take that off, I guess, the rotation of what you will do for the actual emergency? For the actual emergency, it's a great question. What we do in our evaluation process is we'll capture that and we'll immediately identify what agency or what, you know, if it's an individual person or plan, what that observation was uh, and what we can do recommendations to change it. We don't necessarily, you know, right there say, this is how we're going to fix it. Well, what are the steps to, to make that change? So the change can happen fairly quickly, depending on how complex. So if it's something that is, um, you know, we need to change communication or something and how we 
we operate in the field, that can be really discovered in this after action or improvement plan. And we can socialize that fairly quickly following, following the exercise. Before I ask my next question, I need to know, do you have a favorite exercise that you've done? That is a great question that I never thought of. The answer is asking me my favorite concert that I've ever been to. Yes, we will go to that in rapid response. <laughs> um, you know, the, the, there's so many that I could really pick from. Um, but I would have to say that, you know, I love the field-based exercises. Those are the ones where, you know, so much work is into it and the culmination. And we had done an exercise in, um, it was a, actually a 10-part exercise in Queens that we called NYC Resilience. And just seeing that moment where everything came together, it was a multi-incident scenario where we had victims that we call moulage. They had the makeup on to make them look like they were injured. There were people in a bus that had been, you know, in, in an incident at a car that was flipped over. And before we called what we call Stardex, the start of the exercise, I looked out and it just it looked like a movie set. It looked like we had just created something. And when the first responders showed up and they saw victims and they saw, you know, the the smoke scene, it felt so real. And right there, I knew I'm like, we put together a really great exercise where the first responders had an immediate reaction and, and the team really did a lot of work and a great job. So I would say NYC Resilience uh, was one of my favorite up there exercises, but there's a lot. That's wonderful. So how has the city been able to test and exercise its plans during the pandemic? Because I know that you talked about this discussion-based exercises, field exercises, but obviously with the pandemic, there have been you know many cases where people aren't able to work with each other in the same space. So tell us how you've been able to adapt. So we needed to exercise during COVID um, because we did have a lot of those COVID adaptations to our plans. We still had our annual hazards, you know, snowstorms and coastal storms, you know, they, they continued. So we needed to exercise those, but we also had to adapt to those operations functionally because we were doing so many things in a virtual environment. So we definitely had to exercise our ability to communicate and coordinate effectively in that virtual environment. So we did all of our exercises on Teams. We uh, essentially did a bunch of discussion-based exercises, but in this virtual environment. And also for the first time, we also did um, something that we would normally typically do together in a room as we hosted a simulation cell, which is we pretend we're different agencies and we throw these scenario updates to our partners, but we were all sitting in our own safe environments running this simulation cell virtually. So we exercised our plans, but we also exercised exercises during uh, COVID. So it was an interesting time, but exercises kept going and you know, we had to, to make sure that we were exercising these new updates so everyone was prepared in this new uh, environment that we were in. How can individuals and families exercise their emergency plans? Families, neighbors, everyone can and should exercise their emergency plans and doesn't have to be a complex process. First, you need a plan. That's what we always start with. For an exercise, you need a plan. So let's start there. If you don't have an emergency preparedness plan for your home or your work, which you should have one, uh, you can visit NYCEM Ready New York, the webpage for more information on different types of emergency plans. Once you have your plan and you share it with your families, your friends, your coworkers, your neighbors, whatever your plan is, 
you can host one of your own exercises based on one of these plans. So you can call an out-of-area contact, you can check your ready-to-stay-at-home preparedness kit, or you can check your emergency meeting place. You could have an exercise to say, hey, something happens, do we all know where we should be meeting in the event of an emergency? Exercises can be done as often as you want. You can run one every day. I mean, that would make me happy. Uh, but you can run one, I would say you know, run one once a month if you've got family or friends that you want to make sure that they understand and seasonal preparedness and these exercise design resources like I said they don't have to be complex you can find them online through FEMA um, there's a lot of exercise design kits that are out there but if you have a plan you come up with your scenario and you say okay we're you know let everyone know what time the exercise is going to take place let them know what the goal or the objective is of the exercise and then you hold your exercise and then just like we do you can sit around and say all right what went right what didn't go well? What do we need to change in our plan? So just like we would change our plans, the family or friends or neighbors or coworkers can sit around and say, okay, maybe not everyone knew we were supposed to meet. So maybe we should review that process of where we're meeting more often. And then you make changes on what you observed and run it again. Is there something that all the exercises have in common, like whether it's like winter snowstorm, like a flood, a heat wave or a hurricane? They all have one thing in common, and that's the objective. What's the objective of the exercise? So people will come to us and say, I want to run uh, a snowstorm or a tornado or, uh, you know, whatever the scenario is type of exercise. And the first thing I will always ask them is, what is your objective? Are you exercising communications? Are you exercising coordination? Are you exercising resources? So those objectives are really, we call them the keystone of all exercises. And it's what helps you evaluate the exercise. So you're not evaluating your snowstorm. You're evaluating how do we communicate? How do we use our resources in the best way that we can? And that's really, in the end, what you can go and you can fix. You can fix your communications or you can fix how you're getting resources out to the field. So that's the one thing, whether it's a family plan and an exercise or one of those big full-scale exercises, they all have objectives in, in common. You'll always see that. Speaking with Paula Carlson, Director of Exercises at New York City Emergency Management. It is rapid response time. And if you are a first-time listener, it's simple. Prep Talk will ask questions and our guest will give the first answer that comes to mind. But first, here is a message from New York City Emergency Management. Leaks, structural collapses, uh, bomb threats, those are emergencies that we consider. What keeps me up at night could be a fire down the street, um, an earthquake around the globe, and with the pandemic, it could be anything. Patient safety is always in the forefront of everyone's mind. How do you keep a hospital running when parts of it aren't working? We have close to 60,000 students, and we need to be poised to respond to any potential uh, emergency. Partners in Preparedness helps organizations prepare their employees, services, and facilities for emergencies. New York City Emergency Management provides prudent steps to take to be prepared for any kind of emergency. Partners in Preparedness allows me to make sure that we're as prepared as we possibly can be. It provides a bridge between us as a private sector healthcare organization and a municipal city agency. 
and you can share that with your friends and family as well. Learn about it, assist with your community. We were very grateful to have the assistance of New York City Emergency Management. It's been tremendously helpful. The pamphlets, the maps, the stuff that we get from Partners in Preparedness has really been beneficial. Our partners come from all industries, so whether you operate a small business or a large corporation, join Partners in Preparedness today. Any business in New York City would benefit from the information. It provides tremendous resources, a valuable peer network, and support when you need it most. Joining is easy. Visit nyc.gov slash partners in preparedness or call 311. It's time for Prep Talk Rapid Response. We are back with Rapid Response, speaking with Paula Carlson from New York City Emergency Management. Paula, first question, what is your top emergency preparedness tip? So I'm a music fan, uh, and this is my concert preparedness tip. Uh, this is something that I do with my family, with my friends, um, and you know, if you go to a concert with me, I'm, I'm going to make sure you do this as well. Um, you can't forget about safety when you're at concerts, when you're at festivals. So when you're in a venue, uh, identify other exits besides the one that you came in. And this is just in case the one that you used is not available uh, during an emergency or it isn't the closest option that you have during an emergency. Because what they found is most people are prone to want to exit the same way that they came into a venue. Um, so even if there's an exit directly in front of them, they might not use that. Um, that's just instinct. Go go out the way that I came in. Um, so also identify several meeting places, one within the venue. So I'll probably tell you, meet me at the merchandise table. And then one outside of the venue. So finding somewhere outside a street corner, uh, if you're at a music festival, a different location, just in the event that you can't locate each other in the venue if something were to happen, and also if cell service is overwhelmed. So emergency preparedness at music festivals and concerts is key. I love it. <laughs> well, you mentioned that you love music, and we also know that you're a runner. So, two part: what is on your playlist when you run, and two, what kind of exercise would you do for the New York City Marathon? Wow, these are great. Okay, and you mean exercise? You mean like uh, an when emergency just, management? Because yes. <laughs> I was going to give you both uh, on the playlist. It depends on how long my run is going to be. So, as a music fan, I have to think: Am I going for a five k? Because some of the songs that I listen to are like 15, 20 minutes long. So <laughs> if I want to have a really fast pace, I might quick uh, pick some, some shorter songs like uh, some Clash or some Ramones. But if I'm going for the longer run, uh, you might, well, there's always going to be Zeppelin in my playlist. So you'll always see some Led Zeppelin. Um, and it's a mix. I'll put some blues in there. I'll put some, um, you know, jam music. But those are the ones that are typically on my on my playlist. So the exercise part. Um, we do and we have exercised for the New York City Marathon. So it's bringing the agency partners together and even just exercising the emergency management staff. So if something were to happen, um, and I think back to the Boston Marathon, you know, that's that kind of showed us some of the things that could happen, the responses that might be needed if something were to happen uh, during the marathon route. So 
exercising with our EMS partners, with the actual running event coordinator, whether it's New York City, you know, roadrunners, um, and just making sure that we're coordinated with the what ifs. What if, and this happened a couple years ago, there's a fire along the route. So you have to reroute um, the, the marathon and make sure that it's the same distance that you rerouted. Um, How hard <laughs> would that be? It happened. They did it. So, you know, making sure that the, the route is the same, uh, the distance that you need to move it. But they were quickly able to adapt because they had exercised that scenario. So that's that you know, we don't want to have that failure of imagination. So if something happens at the start line during the middle, whether it's weather, uh, you know, those are the things that we want to take into consideration during uh, any event, which is, you know, such a large event, all five boroughs, many agencies and organizations. So we're, we're always thinking of ways to make sure that we're prepared for um, just a, a wonderful event. I was wondering if the exercise will be to like run the actual course I would do it. People. <laughs> like, this is what it feels like this is what it would be like at mile 21 this is what that's that's a, a great um way and actually some people they drive it um but they do drive the route just to see what it, what types of hazards there might be uh along the route so but i'm going to suggest that to them that they should run it and i'll run it with them and please don't quote me on that <laughs> i won't i won't last but not least paula sum up the work you do in one word imperative I like it. Speaking with Paula Carlson, Director of Exercises at New York City Emergency Management. For those uh, interested in exercising their emergency plan, whether they are an individual or an organization, uh, you could check out your local emergency management agency for additional tips and resources. Paula, thank you again. Thank you thank both you, so Paula. much. That's this episode of Prep Talk. If you like what you heard, you can listen anytime online or through your favorite RSS feed. Until next time, stay safe and prepared.